Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, I don't understand, Pastor. I know Christians that are pro-abortion and this is taking away a woman's right to choose. I have some questions for you just to think about just in truth. If Planned Parenthood, if only 3% of their business was devoted to abortion, why are all the Planned Parenthood places closing as of, as while we speak? They were lying. They were lying. Jesus said, I've come to give life. Want you to have life and have it in abundance. He said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And you as a believer, I want to take away any confusion. Proverbs chapter 6 says, God is against the shedding of innocent blood. You say, oh, well, when, does, when, when does life begin? Let me tell you this right now, and this is exciting. Did you know even atheists and Buddhists, biologists and doctors have been interviewed, agnostics and believers, and over 90% of all of them said life begins at conception. When those cells meet inside of a woman's body, that is a life. Well, of course, the smallest living thing, smallest living organism is a cell. But then you, you're, we're told lies, and we're told this, and we're told that, and, and now the loud mouths are speaking. You no, and it's crazy. The places that are protesting the loudest, they have the right to an abortion still. It's just been taken back to the states. It's not a federal constitutional right anymore because of the Supreme Court's decision. Now, whoever's listening to my voice today, you say, man, well, I have an abortion in my past. Well, you will meet that baby in heaven. You are forgiven. Praise God, like Pastor Jen said. You're forgiven. But let's be on the side of truth. Don't be confused by social media. Don't be con confused by the lies. It's based on lies. And I'm telling you right now, there are so many out there that no matter what they got to do or how they got to get there, they will lie to get their point across. And we don't have to because you love God and you're basing your life on the word. So we celebrate today almost 50 years of a bad, bad, bad law, bad ruling. Before I was born, it was decided on in 1973, Roe versus Wade and it has now been overturned. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. And let me say this. Let me address those who will be listening to this message hereafter. We don't always have a ton of people on the actual live stream, but people listen later, and they listen on SoundCloud and everything else. If I have offended you by saying that I am pro-life, and I am pro, I'm pro-baby in and out of the womb, and I'm pro-man, and I'm pro-woman, then you need to examine your heart. You need to examine your heart. Say, well, Pastor Matt, no, it's not political. It's a moral issue. It's a moral issue. God wreaked havoc on Israel because they sacrificed their babies. They passed them through the fire as sacrifices to Molech and other gods. And we're not going to do that. We're not going to permit that. We're going to stand up against it. If states want to continue to do that, they will bring judgment on those states because I'm sure New Mexico right now, they're not wanting to change it. But many states are saying, uh-uh, if it's against federal policy, if it's not a cons constitutional right, we're not doing it anymore. So they've made it more difficult. It's way easier to abort a baby than it is to adopt a baby. And that should not be, my brothers and sisters. That should not be. So praise God. This is an exciting time. Scripture says, and I'll get into the word today, but Scripture says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Where there's a lot of sin, well, there's a lot of grace. So praise God. God is going to have his way. He's not done with America yet. So we continue today the rarest trait of all, and that is Christ-like character. Can I get an amen in this house? Christ-like character. 
Ah, and you've got, as a believer, you really need to desire Christ-like character. Let's go to John chapter 17, verse 17. We'll get right into this. Look at this. This is what Jesus said. He said, make them holy by your truth. All week long, I, I kind of battled with this. I said, Lord, I'm always dealing with truth. It's one of my things that I talk about. And God said, put it in the sermon. I, just, I could just feel impressed by the Holy Spirit. Put it in the sermon. It's a great part of character. I said, Lord, I'm always talking about truth. But it, it is true that you can't have character without truth. Jesus said, make them holy by your truth. What is holy? Holy means set apart from the world. It means you don't look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, repeat their catchphrases. You know what the world does? The world says, oh, you should be able to love anyone you want. Sure. Sure, but you should not be operating in a sexual love with just whoever you want. That goes for, for those struggling with homosexuality or those that are heterosexual. They call them straight. Sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Let me say that. Sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is ungodly. It's twisted. It's a twisting of the truth. Jesus himself said, the one who said, make them holy, separate, set apart, different, special, by your truth. Jesus, that same one, God in the flesh, he said, in the, begin in the beginning, he created male and female. That's why uh, a man leaves his family and cleaves unto his wife. Male and female. It can't be any clearer than that. Make them holy by your truth. Whatever lie you may struggle with, whatever lie social media may be putting out there, Jesus said, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. That's why you're here on a Sunday morning, huh? That's why you're tuning in on the live stream. You want truth. This isn't my truth. See, we're in a place in history, and you guys have heard it. Maybe you said it unknowingly. I hate to use the word ignorant, but don't repeat this phrase because it's a lie from the pit of hell. Oh, no, you find your truth. The truth for some people is to be a mass murderer. The truth for some people is to, to do awful, illegal things. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether the law permits it or not, you can't base your morality on the law. You need to base your morality on God's law because now it's legal to smoke marijuana in New Mexico. I've heard even Christians flirt with that and go, well, you know, it's legal now. Well, so is alcohol. So are drugs. So is all kinds of stuff. Prostitution's legal in Nevada. Does that make it right? No. States are going to do their thing. The world's going to do their thing. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said in his word, look, this is in the book of Revelation, let the righteous be righteous still. And let the wicked be wicked still. And Jesus said, I'm coming and my reward is with me. You know what his reward is? It's a blessing for those who believed and walked in faith, or it's judgment for those who rejected him and his ways. So let's be careful about that whole thing. It sounds great, but it's stupid. You find your own truth. No, you've got to have a standard because truth, each, it's not really truth if it's canceling each other out all the time and nobody has truth and nobody knows what it is. You know what it brings? Confusion. When there's no standard of truth, there's confusion. And there's no standard of truth right now because people don't want to admit that they're sinners who need a Savior. But I'm going to tell you right now, Apart from Jesus, he said it himself, we can do nothing. We need to stand up for truth and righteousness now. Now more than ever, don't you be afraid about losing followers or friends or whatever on social media or what people say or the backlash. If you're going to post, post. If you're not, great. But I'm going to tell you right now, you better stand for truth in your personal life. You better know where you stand and what you believe and why. You don't have to be a theologian or a pastor or an evangelist to know that. If God's word says it, I believe it. 
real, real simple, basic truth there. And let me say this right now. Jesus meant business when he said, make them holy by your truth. He's praying and thinking about us. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, Jesus said, I'm sending them into the world. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. We're in the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Did you know apart from truth, you will never have the relationship with God that you want. You'll always be flirting with demonic doctrines. Jesus himself said, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. But Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. You think Satan will be, he will be uh, satisfied with just stealing? No, he plays, he plays for keeps. Satan wants it all. He wants it all. He says, I'm going to steal, I'm going to kill, and then I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to make them miserable in the process, then wipe, wipe them out and take them to hell. And that, that was never God's plan for us. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. You can't have strong character without truth. Let me give you some godly advice this morning as your friend and as your pastor. You're here to hear the word, so we're going to speak the truth. It's not my truth. It's not your truth. Well, it's become ours, but it's originally God's. We will imitate what he says. It takes away a lot of debate, a lot of struggle, a lot of stress when you go, I believe what God's word says. I believe it. Some say, well, you shouldn't have to say that. Well, that's fine. If it takes some of the pressure, just say, I believe it. Say, I believe what God says. That's okay. You've got to be able to do that. And here is how you walk in truth. Number one, stay in the word. I will preach the word to you from this pulpit for the rest of my life. As long as I'm called to be in this pulpit right here at Kingsgate Church, I will preach this word to you till I flatline. That will not change. And you will hold me accountable because you'll read the word and you'll find truth for yourself. Not your truth, not my truth, but God's truth. It can become your truth, but that whole thing of, oh, you do your truth, girl. What's true for you is true for you. Really? That sounds, that sounds absurd. There's no truth then because there's no standard. You've got to stay in the word, number one. Number two, you've got to learn to keep your word. Did you know that's a large part of character and operating in truth? I've seen many people fall from truth by little white lies and not keeping their word. Don't just throw it out there into the, into the, what, the metaverse? I don't know. <laughs> don't just throw it out into the metaverse or out just out into the air just speaking lies. No, if you give your word, you do your best to keep your word. Learn to be a man and woman of integrity. God cares about that. Here's another, here's another truth we need to hit on. Can you imagine that society now says we cannot define what a woman is? Have you seen some of that? They won't tell you what a woman is. It's real easy. Saw a documentary at the end of the documentary, the guy's wife. This guy's Matthew Walsh. You should look into some of his stuff. He, he, he said, what's a woman? His wife said, a human, female, adult. It's always been that way. God created us male and female. I can identify as whatever I want to identify as. That does not change the facts of who God created me to be. Are you with me today? You don't have to be so quiet. Hang with me now. This is God's truth. I'm with you. I'm for you. I love you. And I will tell you the truth. I'll tell those on the live stream the truth. Why? Because I, there, there are folks that maybe tune in or show up here or whatever, and I may never get a chance, another chance with them to speak the truth. 
So I've got I've to do it to the best of my ability. Stay in the word. Learn to keep your word. And man, you've got to desire it. You've got to desire and fall in love with truth. Got to desire it. Has anyone noticed that humans struggle with truth from a young age? Some, some of your parents are dealing with your kids right now, huh? Say, me, why are you lying? They're afraid. We lie because we're afraid. We lie to make ourselves look better. We lie for lots of different reasons. Or some people, I remember Brother Owen used to go to church here. He said, man, he was talking about one of his students. He said, man, that's the lionest white boy I ever saw. He said, he just walk up to you and lie. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know how you're backed into a corner and you lie? He said, this kid walk up to me and tell me a story. It comes naturally because apart from God, we're like our father, the devil. If you don't submit to God as your father, you'll submit to Satan as your father. I've talked to you about that before. And now is the time for truth. People of God, stand up for truth. You don't have to be mean or ugly or start a fight. Just lovingly speak the truth. And you don't even have have to always speak it in certain moments or certain instances. Just live it. Live the truth. Be an example. Be a light. Jesus said you are the light of the world. Somebody say now is the time. For truth. Yeah, let's do it again. Someone say, now is the time for truth. Do you know that's why we have such convoluted and confusing court systems? Because people can't just tell the truth. If everybody needed to, if everybody spoke the truth and kept their word, you wouldn't have to go through all that. But now you got to have court systems. you got to have a good lawyer because people are lying. God has called us to truth. He said, speak the truth in love. That's what scripture says. Speak the truth in love in love. Character is the rarest trait of all. Character is point one today. I want you to see it on there. It is what? A love of truth. That's real character right there. God's dealt with me just like he's dealing with you, man. God says, don't flirt with that. Don't flirt with little white lies. Yeah, I say, well, this little lie isn't as bad as killing someone. Yeah, all sin is sin, but it has different consequences. And scripture also says it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyards or the vines. It's those little things. Lies snowball. Lies get bigger and bigger and bigger. I remember one time I was in Europe in 2003. I was there with a young man. We were doing some mission work, and we were on a hill. Some of you have heard this story before, but maybe it's been a while. We were, it snowed the night before, so we went to this, well, it used to be a green hill near a home we were staying in. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Hills and grass, and now it was all snowy, and we got out and said, man, why don't we just go mess around in the snow before we have to leave, head on the road to our next place and you know when the snow is just right when it's kind of crunchy under your feet y'all know what i'm talking about that's when it's ready to hit someone with it just feels right it sticks together it's hard to do that sound but you know what i'm talking about those of you a little experience you go the sound the snow is just right we get out here and my friend looked at me he goes man this is good snowball weather so we it all started with something this little imagine that as a little white lie and man we began to roll that thing you've done some of this out here And we had, after a while, it took us putting our shoulders into it. We had a snowball about this big. It was huge. But before I knew it, we were nearing a drop-off where it would have rolled down the hill and into traffic. Yeah, so we stopped. Don't worry, Miha. We stopped, thank God. I said, wait a minute, this is going to gain traction. This thing's going (laughs) to... going to be as big as a car by the time it keeps if if it rolled all the way down the hill we need to stop but it started with something small and that's the way white lies are something small and pretty soon you're making lies to cover and you can't remember what you said you know the easiest way to remember what you said is just to tell the truth 
If it's not true, don't say it. If it's not right, don't do it. It's that simple. We complicate things. Yeah, but my truth is, well, okay. No, you need God's truth. You need God's truth. A love of truth. That's real character. Look at character now. Character is also, character is for what? Point two today. Now and later. Y'all remember those hard candies? About tear the teeth out of your head, chewing those things. They were called now and laters. I think because they hurt now and they hurt, they hurt, they were hard to chew now and they hurt your teeth later when you're done eating them. Now and laters. I don't know why they were called that. They lasted a while though. But character is for now and later. Let me prove it to you. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Hang in there. We mentioned this briefly Wednesday night. We can rejoice too. Someone say, we can rejoice. Uh huh. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance or patience. In the midst of the trial, you're building character. And endurance develops what? Strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Oh, this is good. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, what? With his love. Let's go back again to verse 4. Let's see what verse 4 says again. Endurance. When you're in the trial, it develops strength of character. I said now and later today because God has called you to be tested. Did you know you're gonna, your faith is going to get tested? Christians all over the United States, all, all, all over the world are getting tested right now. In a time of celebration and truth, they're getting tested to see where, where they land. They did that when gay marriage was, was touted as, as the law of the land from, from the Supreme Court in the summer of 2015. You had Christians, people you, you were surprised to hear from. They said, well, we, I'm revisiting homosexuality and same-sex marriage. I mean, maybe God created them that way. No, that's, uh-uh. Many people participate in that because they've been sexually abused. You're not born that way. And most of us in this room, even those at the sound of my voice, maybe not all, but most of us have been abused somehow in our lives. But we've chosen to serve God. And even through the abuse, we let God build character in us in that trial. You say, man, that's crazy that that happened. We live in a fallen world. Everything is a test. But did you know God can build character in you during the trial by your responses? You start to respond. You go, man, I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I want to fall into the old me during this trial. No, 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 no. Hang out. And walk through it. Let God take you through it. Stick to close people, people who love you, people who are godly. And he's building character in the trial. That's now and also later after the trial. But some people, they get it all twisted up. Some people don't do good in the trial or afterward. They blame God. They push God away. They push the right people away. Did you know stuff has to happen to you in life? It has to. You can thank Adam and Eve for that. I've heard men try to blame Eve. Oh, man, that was all. No, where was Adam? Where was Adam? He was created first. He should have been more fatherly and protective. That was both of them. Scripture says Eve was deceived. Yeah, but Adam did it with his eyes wide open. That's not good as the head. That is not good. But you can thank them for the mess we're in. And had they not done it, one of us would have. I'm so glad it wasn't me in the garden. They'd be like, Muttering dark oaths against my name, Matthew, oh, Matthew. We're in this mess because of him. Somebody would have messed up. We had a free will. They got tricked. They messed up. And now it ain't just right, so stuff's going to happen to you sometimes. You need to learn to praise him in the trial because God is building character in you. 
Can you imagine if I took a survey? Y'all know I love surveys and voting in here. Not that we're voting on anything of substance, meaning we're going to change heaven and earth or anything, but we share our feelings and what we've been through in here by a show of hands sometimes. If I asked you, don't raise your hand, if I asked you today, man, how many of you are really getting ready for the next trial? There would be, if you're honest, you are not. Mm -mm. You say, I'm getting ready, but I'm not excited. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. Jesus himself, he said, Father, take this cup away from me. But he said, you know what? Let your will be done. Regardless of how it feels, how it looks, let your will be done. God is in the business of building character in his people. If you've been saved 20 years and you still have a general lack of character, I'm not saying flaws, we have flaws. You have a general lack of character, you're impossible to work with, you're hard to deal with, you're still hating and jealous and lying, you need to visit with God about that. Because God has called you to an ongoing development of character as a believer. Can you hear me today? At some point, we got to grow up spiritually. Scripture uses the word perfect. It says the perfect man or the perfect person there. It doesn't mean without flaw. It means mature. That means at some point, there are things I'm not going to let bother me in, anymore because I'm grown. I'm a man. I can define man for you. It's a human adult male. Amen? Now, I've seen some people, they still haven't grown up. They're still acting like the devil punks and babies and hard to be around and perverted you said man he's just a dirty old man he never grew up he never grew up he thinks it's still the locker room or she's a mean old lady and she and hey hey y'all let's just let's go equal here i'm all about equality i've met some dirty old women making dirty jokes to me and stuff i'm like dang i gotta get away from you <laughs> sexual harassment type old ladies I'm like, okay. They didn't grow up. They didn't develop character in the now, and so now that it's later, they still don't have character. And you've got to walk in truth. Number one, you've got to love truth. Man, that is character, but in the trial, you've got to let God develop character in you. Some folks are in the middle of the trial. All they can think about is, I've got to get up out of this. I know, I've been there. I just need this to end. Man, I've gone through some stuff this year, and I said, God, you... you Again? <laughs> we're building character? Oh, oh, we're, we're building character now again, Lord? Okay, praise God. I, I guess I was ready for this, as ready as I could be, but nobody wants to be in a trial. Nobody wants to go through stuff and just battle through stuff and have to get their character worked on. But I'm going to tell you right now, hear the Spirit of the Lord this morning. If you fight against it in the trial and deny it and hate it and run from it, you will never have your character built by God. Not in the trial, not afterward. You'll keep struggling. It'll be the next test. There's another test. Oh, failed. Oh, failed. Can you imagine? Imagine being in first grade and growing a long beard down to your knees, looking like ZZ Top. Remember them ugly cats? They could play some guitar, though, right? But anyway, he's still stuck in first grade on that same old test, the same old test. And the test, they'll come around. It's crazy. God has a way of allowing this. You will keep taking a test until you pass it or just fail it forever. That's just how it is. So character is for now, in the trial, right now, and later. Character is for all time. God is building character. He's building character in us. Character is tied deeply to holiness. Now let's go to 
this third point this morning. Character is knowing where you fit in. Can you imagine if me, as the lead pastor in the English ministry, if I said, no, I want, I want Pastor Fabian's job. I'm, psh, I might as well have founded this ministry. That's a lack of character. That's a lack of character. You know, a lot of people that struggle with that, they're not servant-hearted. I need you to look at this right now. Take some time with me, people of God. People who struggle with the not knowing where they fit in, for better or for worse, and some aren't going to be like, I'm going to take over. I'm gonna, but some are like, I just don't fit in. Well, it's because you don't serve. You've never learned how to fit in by being around others and serving and doing stuff that you weren't particularly crazy about. I've reached into the toilet and pulled, pulled toilet paper out because we weren't supposed to flush it in there because I forgot. Some of y'all, we did that on mission trips. Said, "Don't do it, dude. You will destroy the pipes over here in this third world country. You flush toilet paper, man. I remember we'd be on the mission field pulling stuff out of the toilet. Ugh, is right. But did you know sometimes doing stuff I didn't want to do it was building character in me, and I was learning where I fit in. I'll never forget. I became youth pastor, and I thought, man, there's going to be a parade for me. It's going to be great. Dad's going to pay me what the last youth pastor." got and I'll never forget where I was standing when dad said um, no you're gonna get you're gonna get this salary and I went what didn't I don't know didn't he get more than that he's yeah but I'm telling you what your salary is gonna be and that was a character building salary <laughs> I remember I was standing there looking at dad like the country folks say like a calf at a new gate I was like this no, Dad, but, and there was no reasoning. I knew Dad said, no, this is what you're going to get, and, and you just be faithful. He would say, oh, no, you're now pastor because you're, you're Pastor Fabian's oldest son. Oh, I had to learn where I fit in. I've laid concrete and cleaned toilets and picked up boogies and picked up doo-doo in the yard and done all kinds of stuff. And this morning I showed up at church, and there was, I don't understand how the strangest trash in the world ends up on this property. I drove up, and in my parking spot was a gallon of rotten chocolate milk I pulled up I couldn't even drive in my spot so I said bless the Lord I pulled over I got out and a dude's walking by you know one of the walkers he's like he had a staff he looked like Moses he's walking by I said hey good morning I came out I grabbed the thing and moved it so I could park in my spot and I had to get that and throw it in the trash not just any trash because it's a liquid so I don't want to do that uh-huh but God's been working on my character for some time now I'm not above anything That's not my natural goodness, no, because I have a lazy streak. I'm a hard worker, but there's some stuff, men and women of God in this room, you know what I'm talking about. There's some stuff you just don't like doing. It may be more complicated than just taking out the trash. You may not like doing the dishes. You may not like helping your wife. You may not like helping your husband in that area, but we've got to all swallow it, suck it up, buttercup, and be strong in God and learn to have character and say, you know what, this is where I fit in. This is what I'm being called upon to do right now. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, if you would. There's stuff, there's still stuff, man, that I do, and I go, ah, do we have to do this? Well, it's just part of being full grown, right? People just want to be full grown so nobody can tell them anything. Oh, man, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to get out, man. I'm gonna, I know everything. Okay, go pay the bills now. You know everything. You're going to be wanting to be back at mom's house. 
You know, there used to be a saying, I don't know who this is for today, probably none of y'all, but I know we some have some teenagers in the house. I remember when I was a kid, someone put this somewhere, and they said, get out of your parents' house while you still know everything. Oh, it's an, bills are an eye-opener. Say, oh my gosh, 73 degrees in the house, it's that much money? Hey, baby, we're going up to 75 this month. It's a 75 month. We keep the house where we want it. God's good. We're blessed. But I'm telling you, it makes a difference. You, you're messing with everybody's thermostat when you don't pay it, huh? The gas bill. I remember people growing up getting to be, getting to be old at home, man, and, and emptying the water heater at their dad's house. I knew a guy like that. He'd empty the water heater every time he showered. How many gallons is that? You ain't that big, bro. You got that much body to wash? Character is knowing where you fit in and what role you're called to play. Some of the greatest basketball players in history have been the, what we call the sixth man or the sixth woman. They didn't get out and go nail threes and get all the glory, but they played ball. They did their part. They played defense. They did what they had to do to get the job done. And they were called to do it. And did you know, there is great honor in that. I'm not going to try to be someone or something I'm not. Let, let's, go to, let's, go to the, look, let's go to Ephesians 6, 7 real quick. And I need to wrap this up because I'm speaking about working with enthusiasm. I'm a little enthusiastic this morning. Work with enthusiasm, the apostle said, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. You say, man, that's crazy. He's addressing slaves. Well, back in the day, the Roman Empire was 60, up to 60% slave. So God was addressing them where they were through his word, by his Holy Spirit. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Whatever your position is right now, God can free you, but whatever your position is right now, you better serve God and do good where you are right now. That's knowing where you fit in. That's character. Let's go to 2 Kings 3.10. Look at this. These armies came out, and they were out in the wilderness. They were running out of water. Wow, it's just crazy that they, they took this long path in the desert to go meet their enemies. I believe it was three kings, and they were running out of water. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. They didn't plan for water, but it was God's fault. Anyway, let's move on. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, he was a man of God, he said, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, and look at this. They knew this guy's role because he had known his role. Look, they said, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Hang out there for a second. You know what the original Hebrew says? It says, he poured water on Elijah's hands. He was a servant to his master before he came, became the recognized and powerful prophet. Did y'all catch that? And th they even knew it. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha's here. He used to serve Elijah and everything. He poured water on his master's hands so he could wash them. They recognize that because, and how did he fall into that role? He learned to serve. He was called, but then he served. Some people think, I'm just called, I'm going to be great. That's it. No, you got to serve. Let's go on to the next verse. Jehoshaphat said, yes, 
the, he recognized him because he used to be a servant to his master, and now his master's mantle had fallen on him. He said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. They knew. They knew who he was because he knew his position, Elisha. Isn't that powerful? The Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Edom went to consult who? With Elijah. Can you imagine? He knew his role so well, and God had placed him in that role, and he was where he needed to be in God's will, that even others recognized the role he was called to play. And three kings, not one, three kings of three nations went to talk to him and consult and ask for God's help because they knew his role because he walked in it so well. That is powerful. Character is knowing where you fit in, and it ties into God's will for your life. It all starts with serving. Serving builds character. Amazing in this story that the godly king Jehoshaphat, he knew Elisha's character and what role he played, didn't he? All because Elisha was a man of God. He came, he came through with serving. So let's go through these again. True character is being Christ-like. A love of truth, number one. That's our brief re- review. A love of truth. Number two, character is for now in the struggle and the trial and for later. You've got to act right in the trial to the best of your ability. Man, sometimes we don't pass in the trial, but that's okay. Let it build character in you. Do better next time. After the trial, you're acting better. You're acting more like Christ called you to act. Now and later, character is for all time. And number three, character is knowing where you fit in. I would love to join our worship team on Sunday mornings and get my sing and rap on. Saw a meme the other day that said, you think your life has not gone the way you wanted it to go? There's still someone from your hometown, your age, trying to be a rapper. No offense to anyone that actually has rap talent. I admire it. I like poetry. I write poetry here and there, but I'm not going to be up here going, all right, all right, Sister B, where's my time? I'm going to do eight bars, man. I'm about to rhyme up in here. I may read you a poem I've written. I've done that before, but I'm not going to rap. I know what God has called me to do, and character reminds me of where I fit in. What is your role? What is your calling? It all starts with serving. That's humility. It builds character. So we got a love of truth now and later, and knowing where you fit in. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. That is the character that God has for your life, who he's called you to be. Can't have true character without having Jesus in your life and in your heart through faith. Is there anyone in this house who would say, Pastor Matt, if I died tonight or this week, I don't know where I'd go, heaven or hell. Only Jesus can guarantee heaven for you by his perfect sacrifice of blood. And he rose again so that you could live forever. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that says, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus. I need to make a public confession of Jesus today. Would you raise your hand and we'll pray with you as a family. Don't be ashamed. We'll pray with you. There's no worries. The big worry is dying without Jesus. You don't want that. Or moving on in life for the rest of your life without God. Pray this prayer with me for everyone who's listening, for everyone in the house. Let's just pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, apart from you, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus and his sacrifice. Please forgive me, Lord. I need your forgiveness. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose again. Come into my heart, Lord. Change me. Transform me. Save me. 
in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet today briefly with me. Let me pray for you. Go ahead and raise your hand because I know God spoke something to you today through his word. Something. You say, man, it wasn't all for me, but that part was for me. Or it was all for me. Whatever it was, we know that God has a word for everyone that comes seeking him. He always has a word for you. Let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you for your people. The grace and attentiveness with, with which they received your word and it fell on good ground. Lord, I thank you that they are seeking you with all their hearts. They're going to get into the word. They're going to keep their word. They're going to seek truth like never before, God. They will have no other idols before you. You've dealt with me on that over the course of my lifetime. They will not put anything or anyone before you, God. These are your people. They love you, and they want to be like Christ. I thank you for the character you're building in their lives and what their lives mean to you and what they represent for all, all eternity. We honor you today, Father. We thank you for your word. Let me continue to be just simply a messenger of your word for your people so that they can be built up and grow in faith and be mature in God. And we give you glory today. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a